Well, good morning, Kettlebrook family. My name is Dan Callum, if we haven't met before. Uh, I'm the site pastor for our Kewaskum location of Kettlebrook Church. And uh, like Michelle mentioned, we have got our annual chili cook-off after the gathering this morning. And so even if you uh, did not bring anything, we want to make it clearly known that everybody is welcome because that's the whole point of this, is that we can just stick around, have some fun, do some voting. There's always voting. Did you know this? So there's always, because uh, it's kind of a big deal, you know. Um, so I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little proud of my chili this year. It's got some interesting ingredients that you can ask me about. <laughs> they always do. Not duck. Because, uh, I mean, well, over the years, what have we had? We've had duck. We've had pumpkin. I mean, what were some of the other crazy ones? I don't know. I'm drawing a blank after that. So it's pretty awesome. Well, we are in our uh, third week of our series on gospel fluency. And, and simply stated, gospel fluency is about being able to regularly see how Jesus is good news in the everyday, ordinary things of life, and then be able to being able to communicate that with ease and clarity, both to ourselves, uh, to one another, and then ultimately with, with others out in the world um, and others that we interact with. And it's not about trying to find ways to jam uh, essentially some kind of a religious language or regurgitated phrases from the Bible into a conversation or into a relationship, um, but rather it's about listening to other people's stories and interpreting everything through the lens of how Jesus is good news, uh, and then speaking out of that heart. And so th- this morning, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to be focusing on gospel identity specifically. And one of the things we're going to be looking at is the concept of a hero, because that actually can have a pretty big impact on our concept and our understanding of gospel fluency. So I kind of I wanted to take a little bit of a trip down memory lane, and I, I was wondering if you can think back to growing up if you had a hero. And it could be fictional or non-fictional, but think about it for a second. Feel free to shout out if you remember who your hero was. Anybody? Spider-Man. Batman. <laughs> Awesome. I like the theme, by the way. Who is that, Anthony? Oh, Power Ranger. Awesome. Nice. Well, for me, growing up, one of my earliest childhood heroes was on the theme of what you guys are bringing up. It was Luke Skywalker, right? I, I remember I remember having just the, the VHS of like Star Wars seemingly always playing in the background on the TV, no matter what I was doing. Um, and I really... Um, I really liked the new Star Wars movies quite a bit. Uh, actually, Sharice and I uh, went and saw the uh, the newest one in the theater a couple of times. Um, but the old ones will, are always they're always the special ones to me. And so, if you haven't seen the original from 1977, spoiler alert! I'm about to give away the plot. So, um, if this is a big deal to you that I'm about to do that because. Uh, You've been planning on seeing it for the last 40 years, but haven't found the time. <laughs> you're, you're, you're welcome. If you need to leave now or plug your ears, I'll, I'll understand. <laughs> so, all right, so now the spoiler alert is out of the way. So the plot goes like this. There's an evil galactic empire, and, and in the beginning of the movie, they're trying to track down some stolen plans from their super weapon, the Death Star. And there's this main bad guy, Darth Vader, and he captures Princess Leia, uh, but she sent the plans with some droids down to Tatooine. 
Well, the droids on Tatooine, they get, they get captured by some junk traders and then sold to some farmers. And then ultimately they meet up with uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, this awesome mentor figure who's strong with the Force, which is kind of like this special power or ability. And, and he sees this hologram video of Princess Leia saying, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. And so Obi-Wan needs to book passage to Alderaan and so, to, to get the droids back to Princess Leia. And so they meet up then with Han Solo, this, this good-hearted smuggler, and Chewbacca, this sort of Sasquatch. <laughs> There's really no other way to describe him. Um, and so, but when they get to Alderaan, they, they, they blast out of this place, and when they get to Alderaan, it's not there. It's been blown up by the Death Star. And then they get sucked into the Death Star's tractor beam. And so they didn't get caught, though, because they hid inside their ship, and they waited, and then they snuck out. And then Obi-Wan goes to turn off the tractor beam and then face Vader, while Han Solo and, and company, they go to free Princess Leia. And at the end of the movie, what happens is Obi-Wan Kenobi sacrifices himself to Vader so that the others can escape and then get the plans back to the rebels and then blow up the Death Star. It's an awesome movie. All right. For those of you who have seen it, did I leave anything out? No? Luke Skywalker! <laughs> I started this by saying how Luke was my childhood hero, and he's the hero of the Star Wars story. But somehow I managed to actually decently tell the story of Star Wars, and I entirely left out the hero. We each have a story to tell, uh, and it's our, our personal life story. And really, our story only makes sense and finds meaning when it fits into and it's understood as a part of God's story. And in God's story, Jesus is the hero. But I wonder if often when we tell our story, do we forget to talk about the hero? Uh, or do we make him only out to be a minor or a secondary figure? Uh, or, or do we worse, make ourselves out to be the hero? Uh, and even when we're sharing our story of our faith, and when, when you tell the story, when you tell your story, who's the hero? And I want to I wanna dive into that this morning. And so if you have a Bible with you, um, there's a great passage of scripture that I want to take a look at written by the Apostle Paul. Um, and so we're going to be looking at 1 Timothy chapter 1. And if you didn't bring a Bible with you, Amy would love to bring one up to you. So by, by all means, wave boldly at Amy, and she, she'll bring one up to you with a smile. <laughs> and so uh, we're going to be looking at 1 Timothy chapter 1. That's on page 839 of our Red Bibles. Again, wave boldly at Amy if you'd like a Bible. So 1 Timothy chapter 1. And as you're turning there, Paul's, Paul's writing this to his young protege, Timothy. Uh, and, and he's basically reminding him of a story, his story of where did he come from, how did he become the person he is today. And Paul's story starts with who he was, but the key, and this is really the most important part, is who Paul is now and, and who it was that made Paul into who he is. So Paul's story focuses on a hero, Jesus Christ. And this is a big deal because... Uh, the, this is really what it's focusing on this morning, the idea of a hero. And, and Tim, if you can throw this up on the screen, and it's also on your handouts, uh, it's the big idea that we have for this morning uh, that I want you to see as we read this text and as we go throughout this morning is the idea that our identity as Christ followers 
is found in our hero, Jesus Christ. And so with that in mind, let's, let's take a look together at 1 Timothy chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 12 through 17 together. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me faithful, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. And here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. Now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, I think actually when we look at this passage of scripture, there's really four good chunks that it fits into, uh, that we can, we can understand it here, that we see Paul's old identity, right? Paul meets Jesus, Paul's new identity in Jesus Christ, and then ultimately it ends with Jesus, the hero of it all. And so I actually want to go back through and kind of crawl a little bit through those passages, uh, those verses again in this passage. And so looking again at verses 12 and 13, actually Tim, I think is going to throw these on the slide for us. So verses 12 and 13, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me faithful, appointing me to his service, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. So why was Paul a blasphemer and persecutor and a violent man? Well, like he said, because in his ignorance and in his unbelief, Paul, Paul was trying to find his identity in those things. And he tried finding meaning and purpose and fulfillment, and he tried being the hero of his own story. And Paul's old identity is that he was the hero. And then for the next chunk, let's look again at verse 14 now. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. And so in the midst of Paul's sin, actually, literally, while he was on the way to persecute more Christ followers, Paul met Jesus. And Jesus' grace and love was poured out on him abundantly. Paul met Jesus, is redeemed by Jesus, and Jesus becomes the hero of Paul's story. And so then looking to Paul's new identity, let's read verses 15 and 16. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I will show mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. So Paul has a new identity in Jesus Christ. And he's being restored by Jesus. The Holy Spirit is at work. He's actively at work changing Paul, changing his heart, his desires, his actions. And the reason that Paul gave uh, for why he was shown mercy, do you guys see it? Is so that through him, the grace of Jesus could shine. 
through Paul, others could see. And verse 16 says, as an example, uh, that Paul would be a living billboard to tell others about his hero, Jesus. And as his hero, Jesus uses Paul, his life and his story, as an example for others to believe and understand how Jesus can be the hero of their stories. Right? And, then, and then lastly, we look again at verse 17. Now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. When we go back to Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali, um, from what we've heard earlier, and, and I think from what I've seen, I, I don't suspect that right now he's, he's sitting in the presence of Jesus um, because it sounds like all of the glory and all of the honor always went to him, that he was the hero of his own story. Uh, but verse 17 is such a good summary of Paul's story because it's, it's to Paul's hero. It's to the king, Jesus, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God that all glory and honor will go, and not just eternally, but specifically in Paul's life, in Paul's identity, in Paul's story. Paul always lived in such a way that all glory and honor went to Jesus. And our identity as Christ followers is found in our hero, Jesus Christ. All right, so this is a series about gospel fluency. And it's a series about how we speak Jesus and how we speak the gospel into any situation. And in order to speak the good news of Jesus into, into others and into their stories, uh, we first need to understand how to speak Jesus into our own stories, right? I mean, so the question is, how then do we tell our stories and how do we see our own stories in such a way that, like Paul, we understand and show Jesus to be the hero? Well, I don't know if you guys remember, of course, the, the old song, Amazing Grace, uh, and, and it has a line that says, I once was lost, but now I'm found. And, and we might be tempted into thinking, I once was lost, but then found the church gathering. I once was lost, but then found scripture. I once was lost, but then found the, a family of faith or my small group. And those are, are great things. They're all fine. They're, they're very good things. But they're secondary figures in our story. And the phrasing is also a little off. We once were lost, and it wasn't us who did the finding. I once was lost, but then was found by Jesus. And now those secondary figures make sense. We focus on and worship Jesus in the church gathering. We see and meet Jesus in Scripture. We live out the principles of Jesus in our small groups and in our family of faith. Right? Jesus is the central figure of our stories because he's the central figure of God's story. Jesus is the hero of our stories because Jesus is the hero of God's story. And as we understand our story and our identity, it only makes sense and has purpose and meaning in light of God's story and his identity seen in Jesus Christ. So, how do we tell our stories in such a way that, like Paul, we show Jesus to be the hero? How, how does our story fit into God's story and the story of the gospel? Well, 
what I want to do actually is, is play a video for you, uh, and, and a video and have you listen to Tom's story. Uh, Tom was a faithful follower of Jesus Christ uh, who not only understood his story in light of God's story, but um, he's someone who, who understood and clearly shared that he had found his identity in Jesus and that Jesus was the hero of his story. And before he passed away, uh, Tom made this video for his children and grandchildren, which was played at his funeral just a couple of weeks ago. So let's, let's listen to Tom's story. Jesus to me is my Lord and Savior. Jesus to me means that His Father sent Him down to earth to die for all our sins on the cross so that we have a pathway to heaven when it is our turn to be with Him. And I want you to know that I love Christ and I love Jesus and I trust in Jesus with all my heart, mind and soul and I do not lean on my own understanding. I lean on the understanding of the Lord directing my path each and every day. And I want to tell you, it's miraculous how it turns out at times. I just can't believe the things that we've accomplished through Him and done through Him with His direction in our life. I trust in Jesus. When things get tough, I trust in Jesus. And that takes me to the uh, thing about all His love. I just have to share this with you. Um, I want to welcome all of you this morning, and I hope that you will listen to this short little sermon your dad is preaching. And... Um, ask that you consider all of this as my children about there is a God. There will always be a God. There is no one who could create what he creates. He is an awesome God and a good, good father. And I talk to him just like I would talk to my dad. Lord, what do you have in store for me? Lead me on your pathway. Take me where you want to take me. And it's amazing how things turn out for us. It's just, he's just such an awesome, awesome God. To my grandkids and to my children, even if you're on the doubting part of if there is a God or not, just try praying to him and see what happens to your life. You will search and when you, when you find him, you will find that he's the right guy to be with. Who would want anybody else for a partner? that he can do everything for you and do it the right way. And I cannot get away from the fact that how loving of a God we got, that he can love us all no matter the condition that we're in, sinful or not. His, just always remember that love takes you a lot further than any of the other choices that you make. The depth and breadth of his love is so huge when you try to wrap when I try to wrap my mind around it it's like how could this God love us sinful beings but you know what he does and he does it in such an enormous way it's hard for you not to feel it there are times when I'm sitting in this room going through my devotions that I can sit here and talk to the Lord 
and I can feel the peace that surpasses all understanding at times when he takes his wings and he puts them around you the peace that surpasses all understanding it's I just feel like he's got his arms just wrapped around me and he's going to take good care of me and lead me so I try to promote the love part and the and the like my mother used to say kill him with kindness and that's what we're going to do we just uh try to be the best in our speech and in our in the things that we do that it brings praise and glory to his wonderful and glorious name and that we always look up to him for his direction and for all the things we are so blessed with him walking with us i just cannot tell you how much he has blessed us and how he has taken care of us and directed our pathway it is such he is such an awesome awesome god and father and he says i will not ever let go of your hand and i will walk you into paradise and i want to be there with him when that happens Tom Osberg was a, a good friend to a lot of people at Kettlebrook and beyond. Uh, and that video wasn't the only time that Tom shared about his identity and his hero. Tom, Tom shared about Jesus all the time, even before he knew he was sick. I remember the times that he shared his testimony with me. In Revelation 12, it says, They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Even in the face of death, Tom was able to overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of his testimony, his story about his hero, Jesus, that he told all the time. Our identity as Christ followers is found in our hero, Jesus Christ. So how do we tell our stories in such a way that, like the Apostle Paul, like Tom Osberg, we show Jesus to be the hero? How, do we, how does our story fit into God's story and the story of the gospel? How do we become gospel fluent so that when we tell our st- stories, others can clearly see that our identity as Christ followers is found in our hero, Jesus Christ? Well, I think it all starts with fluency. We're talking about gospel fluency, right? And if you talk to anybody who works in linguistics, uh, they all say that the fastest way to become fluent in a language or, or anything else is by immersion, right? For me, up until I was about three years old, I spoke only German because my parents are immigrants and my grandparents and they spoke mostly German in our house. And then I forgot most of it. And then in about, at about middle school, we took a big family trip to Europe. And, and after we were visiting relatives, and after about five weeks, not only did it, did it really come back to me, but I started to dream in German. And then I forgot most of it. <laughs> and then about eight years ago, Sharice uh, and I were going to do a trip, and then we're like, hey, Mom, Pop, you want to come with us? And so Sharice and I and my parents went back to Germany, and one of the stops was at a relative's house, and we're sitting around this table full of Germans, and they are just all 
firing all over the place, asking questions. And so my dad's talking to one person and somebody else is talking to my mom and, and somebody's talking to me and somebody's talking to Sharice and Sharice doesn't even speak German. <laughs> so there I was and I, under the pressure of having to interpret my own conversation, let alone try to do some interpreting for Sharice's conversation, it all came back to me. And then I forgot it all again. <laughs> so what's the pattern? Well, the pattern is fluency requires immersion, right? You have, to, you have to keep doing it or you'll fall out of practice. We need to be practicing gospel fluency with ourselves, with ourselves in our own minds. We need to be practicing it with our family of faith together with one another. And we need to be practicing it with ultimately speaking it out to others in the world, our neighbors, our coworkers, our friends. And, and so looking at our story, and whether that's our greater life story or even our smaller stories, I, I think that there are some things that we can do to practice gospel fluency uh, and, and to be able to do it in such a way uh, to see and to recognize Jesus as our identity and recognize him as our hero in our stories. And so the, I think some of the ways that we can do this, Tim, if you can throw this up, is just to kind of examine gospel fluency through the light of our stories. We can examine the framework of our stories. We can examine the focus of our stories. And we can examine finding Jesus in the little things of our stories. And so the first one that we can go to is framework. And so when we go back to, to that passage of scripture that we read, we see that Paul laid out his story with a framework. So Tim, can you hit that next one for me? In the frame, oop, actually maybe back one. Oh, Dan missed a slide. All right, so this is the framework. It's not hard to remember. <laughs> it's, it's the four things. Old identity, meet Jesus, new identity in Jesus, and ultimately Jesus is the hero, right? That's, that's the pattern. That's the framework. So we, Paul, with his, the passage we looked at, he started with his old identity, right? Before he met Jesus, what kind of a person he was, how he was making decisions in his ignorance and unbelief. He then moved on to talking about how Jesus met him, where he was at, and how he redeemed him and poured out grace on him. And then he, he took the most time, the most time, to really be talking about his new identity in Jesus Christ and what Jesus was doing in him and through him, how he was being changed and being saved and being used. And then lastly, he talked about Jesus, his hero, right? He's the hero of it all. Jesus gets the praise. Paul tells the story in such a way that he's, Paul himself is just a supporting character. The main character of Paul's story is Jesus. And so we need to look at our stories with that same framework and, and understand uh, whether it's our life story or our smaller stories, what was our old identity, right? What was our old identity? In our ignorance or unbelief, uh, what, what were we finding our identity in, and then whether it was the first time we met Jesus or maybe when we met Jesus again in a place of unbelief, what did that look like? How did he step into our stories? How did, how did, how did that feel? What did it look like? How did, the grace, how did Jesus show you grace and mercy and love? How did that feel in that moment? And then because he stepped into our story, what's our new identity? 
Right? If before we were apart from God, now in Jesus we are part of the family of God. If before we were feeling unloved, now because and in Jesus we know we are loved. And so how has your new identity changed you? Right? What's, what's been different now that you've received this new identity? How is Jesus using you? And then lastly, how is Jesus your hero? Right? How, how can we focus on that? Both on how, not just how he saved you originally, but how he's still saving you. How is he continuing to save you? How is he continuing to be your hero? How, how have you been able to make much of Jesus and show yourself only to be a supporting character in his story? And because Jesus is the main character in your story. Well, the second thing that, that we can examine is the focus of our stories. And so too often when, when I have sat down and I've talked with people, I've talked with Christians about their story, it's interesting to see what their focus is on. And, and, and very often their focus is on their sin, their past life. Uh, they, they, there's almost a glorification of it or like a, a longing for it. It's like they gave up so much to follow Jesus. And all their focus is there. Or sometimes when people share their stories with me, their, their focus is on everything that's going wrong or has gone wrong or continues to go wrong. And I, I do find myself wondering, it, you know, if they've ever experienced the good news. How is Jesus and the gospel good news to them? Does, it, does, does that have any place in their life? Also, too often, we focus on ourselves as the main character or as the hero. Uh, our stories focus on how by our own strength or willpower or ingenuity or hard work, we pulled ourselves up. Right? And so, sometimes we give too much focus um, or glory even to secondary figures. I was, uh, it was actually about a year ago, uh, I was talking with Troy, our West Bend site pastor, and he had met uh, a common friend uh, and, uh, or a, an older friend of mine and uh, he had sat down and talked with Troy and shared his story. And it was really interesting because I remember following up with Troy afterwards. And he just said in this quick conversation, he realized that this guy, as he shared his story, he didn't say anything about Jesus. He, he focused a lot on great secondary figures like the church body, small groups, scripture, um, great worship music, um, but he continually left somebody out. Jesus. Jesus never came into his story. And sometimes we focus way too much on small talk, uh, that our stories get dumbed down only to surface levels uh, because we're afraid to open up. And I get it. Small talk is easier than heart talk, right? Because heart talk means there, there needs to be a level of vulnerability and openness, uh, but our our real story isn't aligned with small talk. That can be a great way to get conversation started. But if that's where it stays, small talk isn't good news to someone's heart. right? It, Jesus, and Jesus isn't necessarily good news in small talk. It's hard to insert Jesus into just small talk. So when we examine the focus of our stories, uh, we have to go on beyond talking about the small things uh, and find ways to share our heart and to listen as others uh, share their hearts. And we need to examine the focus 
of our stories. And if our stories never focus on Jesus, we'll never be able to speak into their stories the good news. Because Jesus is the good news. And lastly, we, we can examine finding, finding Jesus in the small things of our stories. Because let's be honest, very rarely will you ever have someone who's not a follower of Jesus Christ whatsoever come up to you and say, so tell me about your story about finding Jesus Christ and how your life has changed. I can't say it won't happen, but it's pretty darn rare, right? But if it does happen, it's often with those that that God has already been using and drawing toward himself that you are already in relationship with and conversation with. And, And they might say things like, why are you always so happy? How come, how come you didn't blow up at that meeting? Um, you know, how, how do you manage the stress? And then in that, you get the opportunity to share part of your story. But even, even these conversations really don't happen on an every week basis, right? Uh, more often, what you might hear is, is just something a little bit smaller. You know, like, so yeah, why, why did you move here? Or why, why did you take this job? Or how was your weekend? Or what did you think about that movie? In fact, those are actually even questions that we can ask. And it's in those simple questions, not small talk, but simple questions that we can find Jesus in the little things. And asking why a neighbor moved here or why someone took this job or even how their weekend was, you might hear part of somebody's story and you get a chance to empathize with their story, their challenges and their struggles and, and they might even ask you those same questions back. And as you tell your story, you have the opportunity and a chance to speak Jesus into that conversation. And even in the little things of other stories, we can look for what parts of those stories resonate with our stories. And if we've taken the time to discover how our story resonates with God's story, and if, we, if we've learned how to focus our stories on God's story, we can begin to speak into their stories, right? Well, Sharice and I, uh, just this week, uh, or actually just two weeks ago, I think it was, uh, we had seen uh, the new Star Wars movie for the first time, uh, and we were driving home from it, uh, and uh, I just remember I asked that very simple question. I said, what did you think about the movie? And, um, and immediately, Sharice's part, she was just like, Oh, well, this part, that was just like the gospel. And then, and then that part, that was just like how sin and deception works in our hearts. And then the other part, it, it was like how God is seeking to redeem us. And I just remember sitting in the car, and I kind of got quiet, and I was listening. And I thought about it, and in my head I was like, wow, I totally missed that. And it's not because the, the writers were trying to insert Jesus into their conversation or their movie at all, but I missed how this story could be used to talk about the good news. Because, you know, in my head and what I had been talking about earlier was like, wow, I thought the acting was so good. And, and, and wow, that one part, that was so intense. And then, wow, the, I, didn't, I really didn't expect the story to go there. So here we had, we had seen the same movie, but it's like, it's like I missed Luke Skywalker. I missed the real hero, Jesus. Finding Jesus in the little things, just like a movie. 
Instead, my, my focus was on lesser things and secondary figures and self, uh, and I didn't keep the framework of God's redemptive work in my life, in the lives of others, in the front of my mind. I wasn't thinking about how even seeing a movie and t- being able to talk about it with somebody else might give me the opportunity to talk about Jesus. And that's why the community of our family of faith is so important. Because when we forget our identity or, or if we forget who the, tr- the hero truly is or, or when we're not speaking with gospel fluency, we can remind one another uh, through our conversations and through our stories and our lives that our identity as Christ followers is found in our hero, Jesus Christ. And he gives us the opportunity through our stories to speak his good news about who he is. Right? Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to share stories. Uh, that, that through the stories I get to share, uh, I, I have opportunity to, to talk about you, to talk about Jesus, and make much of Jesus Christ because he is the one that we have to make much of. Father, I think of, of, of John the Baptist when, when his disciples were questioning um, what was going on, and, and John replied, he must become greater and I must become less. Father, um, in our stories, as we see them, as we speak them, uh, help us understand how uh, Jesus can become greater. Help us see how he truly is the hero because he's the hero of everyone's story. He's the hero of your story. That was your intended plan from the beginning, that you would send a savior, a hero, to rescue us and redeem us, not just once, not just from this world and not just from hell, but a rescuer and a hero and a savior to continue to save us from the sin that wants to entangle us and bind us and keep us from experiencing your kingdom and most especially keep us from sharing your kingdom with those who are still living in brokenness and darkness. And so, Father, I ask that you would penetrate our hearts, that you would use um, your word that was, that was given through the Apostle Paul to, to speak into our hearts Help us understand how we can look to our own stories um, to see the framework of, of, uh, of our old identity that has gone, how we have met you and how we keep meeting you, how we now have a new identity because of Jesus Christ and how he is the hero if, and, and to keep our focus on that, to keep our focus on how we can remember that, to remind ourselves to look for Jesus in the small things so that by immersion, Lord, by continuing to do this, continuing to think these ways, we would begin to continue to make much of Jesus, to lift high the name of Jesus, to glorify Jesus, that all, just like Paul said, all honor and glory could be and go to Jesus. Father, I ask that you continue to do that in our hearts on a day-to-day basis. Um, that through, whether it's a discussion in our own heads, whether it's a discussion with our families, whether it's a discussion at work, Use those opportunities, Father, that we can speak Jesus. And we pray this all in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.